The book of Revelation chapter 12, verses 11 and 12. And they overcame him by the blood of the lamb and by the word of their testimony. And they loved not their lives unto the death. Therefore rejoice ye heavens and ye that dwell in them. Woe to the inhabitants of the earth and of the sea. For the devil has come down unto you having great wrath because he knoweth that he hath but a short time. Ladies and gentlemen, his time is short. I'm talking about real short. Gary Coleman short, Kevin Hart short, Candlewick short, ladies and gentlemen. Listen, welcome to the Why Jesus God cast. Uh, hey, listen, I appreciate y'all for tuning in to this episode. Um, I know every episode I say is a special episode, but this one really is special to me because I get the opportunity to share my testimony and I love every time I get to share my testimony uh, because I believe God is glorified every single time. And so check this out though, even though I'm sharing my testimony, ladies and gentlemen, I'm not alone on this episode. I'm not. I brought some of my people back, brought some of my people back with me. Man, thank y'all for coming on with me. Um, and I'm gonna, I'm, I'm not going to introduce y'all. I'm going to let y'all introduce y'all self. We're going to start with Mr. Diamond. Then we're going to go to Miss Bass. Then we're going to go to Mr. Johnson. Let's do that. Hey, what's up, y'all? I'm Dwayne Diamond. Forward, forward test. That's it. That's it. <laughs> That's it. That's it. That's <laughs> it. Hey, man. Hey, man. And this is Brother Shahid Johnson. I'm from Dallas, Fort Worth. And I've been uh, raised in the church for all my life, but a, a, an actual follower of Yeshua uh, for the last three and a half years. So, Shabbat Shalom. All right, good evening, everybody. This is uh, India Bass, and I live in uh, Georgia, originally from Ohio. And um, same here, raised in the church. However, you know, I mean, there came a point in my life about seven, eight years ago where it really came to being born again, which is yeah. so different. You know what I mean? Uh, we confess the Lord with our mouth, but our hearts can be far from him. But praise the Lord, he is merciful and gracious. It gives us the opportunity to really truly submit and change and surrender to him fully. So I'm thankful to be here tonight and, and hear John's testimony. Let's get it. Yeah, let's get it. Hey, yeah. hey, Dwayne and Shahid, y'all here in India trying to drop some fire already in their introduction. <laughs> Straight fire. Hey, listen, it's listen, it's hey, hey, listen, it's gonna be a problem in here. It's gonna be a problem in here because hey. Me and Shahid don't know how to act when we get together. <laughs> we don't know how to act. And listen, and I know, I know India gonna jump in with the with the heat rock. Just I, periodically, I know it's coming. I know it's coming. Now, Dwayne, you're the most laid back out of everybody on here, but I feel like you've been a cut loose in a minute too, and it's all good. We look, we we welcome it here on the Why Jesus Godcast. So, real quick, before we get started, I've never told any of y'all my testimony, have I? Have any of y'all ever heard my testimony about how I got saved? Not in full, no. Just bits and pieces of you sharing things here and there, but it'd be good to really hear the fools. Okay. 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 Shahid, you ain't never heard it, right? No, sir. Waiting for you to connect the dots. 
Hey, let's let's go, let's go. Dwayne, I seen you shaking your head, so I so I got your I got your answer. So, all right, so check this out. So normally, whenever I start the the the, the Godcast episode, y'all know how I do. I always ask about everybody's upbringing. So of course, I'll start there. So I was born and raised in Colleen, Texas, um, and um, I guess we was my my testimony would kind of start with my mother. So my mom was the first one in my immediate family to get saved. Um, and I want to say I was like maybe six or seven years old. And, you know, at a at a real, real young age, you don't remember a whole, whole lot. Um, but I do remember um, one one day. I don't even know. Mind you, I don't even know what Sunday is at this point. Right. I remember one day my mom took us to to church and it was this old white building called Westside Baptist Church. I never forget small building but it was full of people and the only thing the one thing i really remember about going to church this day was seeing these two adult women that went to the church that were twins that's that's all i really remember right and from there i just remember us going over and over again now mind you i don't know what salvation is at this point but i do know that now we're starting to go to church and i do also know at this point that my dad is not going to church um so my mom gets saved first um i'm starting to understand what church is a little bit more and then next thing you know pops get saved now pops is coming to church now dad is showing up to church um and before i know it this guy is standing in the pulpit what this man just got saved now he's standing in the pulpit already my dad my dad had been called to preach he got called to preach um so I pretty much grew up in church like like a lot of people did from like the age of six and up. I grew up in church. All I knew was church. Um, and I want to say again, like when I was around maybe um, nine or 10 years old, that's when my dad uh, got saved. And I'm going to say maybe a year after he got saved, he started preaching. Um, so I'm in the house with a preacher and a Sunday school teacher all the way up until uh, the summer before my, my freshman year of high school. Um, and around this time, my dad sits us all down and tells us that we're leaving the church that we're at. We're leaving Westside Baptist Church. And I'm like, what? Like, this is the only church I know. Where are we going? We'll go to find out. My dad had, uh, had been called to, to start his own church to start a, and, and become a pastor. So he starts Red Sea Baptist Church, God's House of Deliverance. Um, matter of fact, this was, I want to say, still in middle school. I was like at the towards the end of, of middle school because he opened the church in May right so he opened the church in may um so from there i grew up um under a pastor and uh one thing about growing up in my house was um my parents like really lived that salvation thing out they really they really lived that life they was a they was about that it wasn't one way at church and then another at the house like it was it was like legit. Um, so I got to see what real salvation looked like. I got to see my dad be a man of faith, walking out on faith and things like that, leaving his job to go be a full-time pastor and all these sorts of things. Um, my dad would do like Bible studies with us after he first got saved. I remember he had this book and I just knew it was a coloring book, but it wasn't for whatever reason. It looked like a coloring book. It felt like a coloring book. And my dad would open it up and it had like words in it and, and illustrations. And I was like, dad, how come I can't color in this in this book? He said, no, it's a Bible study book. And he would sit us on the bed and have Bible studies with us, me, my, my younger brother and my younger sister. So I'm, I'm watching all this play out. And one thing that my parents taught me growing up was that salvation didn't work on a family plan. Like I had to get saved 
for myself. Like just because they were saved, that didn't mean I was on my way to heaven. Like if I if I didn't repent and believe the gospel, I was going to hell. Like it's it's like straight up. And they they didn't say it like in a in a way to scare us and then like that. But they was like, yo, this is a serious thing. Like you have to get saved on your own. And because of that, I never played with God. I never I never played with God. I never played church. Um, eventually, I mean, I'll talk about this in a, in a minute when we get to that point. But when I got to college, man, I didn't play that salvation Christianity thing. Just going to church just for just for the sake of going. Nah, I did not. I did not do that because I knew that salvation and going to church and being a Christian was a real, real thing. So, um, so like a lot of people, like I said, I grew up in church. I grew up under a pastor. I was a quote unquote PK preacher kid. You know, the ones that they say is worse than everybody else. But that ain't the truth, man. Preacher kids ain't worse. We just get held to a, a, a higher standard than everybody else because of who our parents were. But, um, but yeah, that was that was me. That was my upbringing, man. Uh, like I said, my parents was parents were saved, and they taught us the truth about the Bible. They taught us the truth about um, about salvation, and they were living out train up a child in the way that they should go so when they're older they will not depart from it like i am a witness that that works you know what i mean because they taught us and they and i remember my dad telling me before i went off to college he said go out there and be whoever you think you're gonna be and i'll be waiting for you when you when you get done and um before i knew it i was i was back here in colleen texas um uh in the ministry with pop so that's that's my upbringing piece right there so let me ask you, John, if you don't mind, what did that mean to you as a high school student ready to transition into college? Did you know what it meant to you, rather, when he said, go out there and be who you want to be? Did you feel like, you know, you was going to abandon the church then? Or what was your take on that? Man, so that's a, that's a good question. And and let me backtrack a little bit so that I can answer that. So so when I was when I was a kid, I got baptized twice. I got baptized at the age of like 11 or 12 because all my friends are doing it. Then I got baptized again at the age of like 14 when I became very apparent that I was a sinner. Uh, and I was and I was scared of going to hell. And I was like, oh, I need a savior. Let me let me go and get right. You know what I mean? So in the midst of all of that, right? And I remember like a week after that, that baptism at 14 or whatever, my dad pulled me to the side. He was like, hey, like, you ain't been reading your Bible. I ain't been seeing you praying. Like, like, what's up? And I was like, I don't necessarily, I don't really want to, you know, do this, this Christian thing. He's like, so are you saved or not? Like he flat out asked me, like, so are you saved or not? And I was like, nah, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not saved. And he's like, all right. And he walked, he walked out the room, bro. So in the midst of like from 14 to graduating, there was, it was, uh, my dad would tell me, he said, man, God has already showed me that, um, you and your brother and your sister are eventually going to come back and and work with me in ministry. So when he when he said that shit, he I knew that's what he was talking about. Um, I didn't know how it was going to play out. I don't even know if I 100% believed it. I just knew that quote unquote God had said it to my dad, and I guess it was going to happen at at some point. Um, my dad was also a very big encourager of me, so I thought I was I thought I was going to be in the NBA. I just knew it. Like every other black kid, I just knew I was going to be in the NBA. Um, and he would encourage me to do that. So I thought I was going to go off to be in the in the NBA. So that was part of him saying, you know, go out and live your life. Because he knew I wasn't saved. Go out and live however you think you're going to live, experiment. But when you're done, I'll be I'll be waiting on you. So that's what he that's what he meant by that. And I kind of understood it to an extent. I just didn't know what the coming back and whenever he was done, what it was, what it was gonna actually look like until, of course, later on when I got saved. 
Hey man, I'm encouraged by that. Appreciate you for sharing. Yeah, bro, for sure, for sure, for sure. So, so now, now let's talk about who John was. <laughs> BC, BC. So I, I, I like to start this whenever I tell my story at at college when I first got to got to college. So before when I got to college, all growing up, um, when I was a young young kid. Um, you know, in, in, in that transition period between my mom getting saved and my dad getting saved, um, my dad would smoke and he would drink, um, he would curse, he would do all these things. He was a, he was a, he was a sinner, made the unbeliever. And um, I just knew that even after my dad getting saved, I would ask him questions about alcohol and cigarettes. And he'd be like, nah, man, you don't want to mess with that, leave that stuff alone. So I'm like, okay, dad said leave it alone. I'm going to definitely leave it alone. I'm not going to smoke. I'm not going to drink, things like that. Um, I had even told myself that I wasn't going to have sex before before marriage. Bro, that went out the window senior year um, because around that time, I was trying to get me some because everybody else had allegedly got themselves some. So that had that true love weight ceremony that I went through at the age of like 15, out the window. Out they the lied. Window. Bruh, listen, listen, I just knew I was going to save it. Bro, I turned 17 and every hormone in my in my body turned on me and said, nah, bro, we gotta find us some. So um at, at the age of 18, I get out the house. I'm in college. I got freedom now. I no longer have a nine o'clock curfew. Uh I can stay up as long as I want, do whatever I want. And I did just that. I remember going to a party one time and a couple of my friends were drunk and they looked like they was having the most fun ever. And I was like, nah, I'm still gonna be that drinking alone, man. And then one day, just sporadically, um, I asked a homeboy that was older than me, he was 21. I think I was maybe like 19 at the time, uh, somewhere 18, 19. I was like, hey bro, you can get some alcohol. Like I wanted, I wanted to see what this getting drunk thing is like. He said, bro, you sure? I said, yeah. So I got drunk that night and the rest is history. I became an alcoholic after that night. Anywhere there was alcohol, I was there. If it was free, that was even better. If I could drink and get drunk, I was doing it, I was doing it. And, the, and here's the scary part. I would have done it more if my pockets was fatter. I'm not even lying to y'all. If I could afford more alcohol, I would have been drunk in the middle of the day. I would have been drunk in class. Y'all, I would have been drunk all the time because I enjoyed the way it made me feel. Um, and then eventually, in this process, I eventually lost my virginity. I, I had I had sex outside of marriage. So now that is also a part of my pursuits and vices. I'm trying to have as much sex with as much people as I can. But I never, I never, I never actually started living that lifestyle. And it's like God was blocking me from doing that. Yeah, he, uh, he allowed situations to happen while I was out there living in sin where I would sleep with certain women and things like that. But he never let me be the whore that I wanted to be. Because I wanted to be a whore, guys. Like, I wanted to have those notches on my belt because Shahid and, and Dwayne, y'all know this, man, especially growing up as black men, when you're like in middle school and high school, everybody's encouraging you to get as many women as you can. She looked good, get her. She looked good, get her. So I'm still in that mindset because now I don't have the parameters of mommy and daddy and curfews and things like that. So I really want to go and make up for lost time. So I think. And God's like, nah, let me, let me, let me protect him in his ignorance. So one of my biggest vices was alcohol. Um, I, I was I was addicted to pornography. Didn't realize I was addicted at the time. I just thought out it was you know what everybody did. Um, and then next thing you know, fall 2011 comes along, and I joined a fraternity, Phi Beta Sigma Fraternity Incorporated. And now I have a, I officially have a God other than myself. 
Um, and everything I do is for the is for the 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 blue and white. Go mob, all that, man. Like I'm I'm about it. I'm living that life. Um, at this point, I've gained some popularity uh, on campus from hosting events and things like that. So um, I'm not only am I sinning, but I'm encouraging other people to sin. And um, Romans chapter one talks about that at the very end of that chapter about how how God is not pleased with those that sin, but even those that that um, uh, watch other people sin or even encourage them to sin. So now that's the lifestyle I'm living. I mean, I'm talking about I'm bugging. I'm bugging out, man. Just living, living a sin-free life. And again, like I said my biggest vices was pornography, that fraternity. Um, this fraternity is, is basically uh, running my life at this point because everything I do is based around that. I can't take a picture without throwing up the hand sign. I can't go somewhere and hear music without you know, wanting to strut and stroll and all these sorts of things, man. So this this demonic spirit that comes with that, and on top of the alcohol, on top of the fornication, man, I am a complete and a utter, utter mess, man. I'm talking about, I'm trying to, to, to continue to pursue this popularity thing and, and take it to new heights because now I'm trying to find a way to um, have this popularity make me money, like in all these sorts of things, man. On top of that, I, I'm, I'm out here trying to rap too. I didn't drop the mixtape in college and everything. I'm trying to be a rapper and all this. So I'm doing everything this world uh, and the society around us, this black culture is telling me is telling me to do. And I'm living for for that God as well, the God of black culture. And, um, and in the midst of it, uh, God would pop up here and there and, and things like that. And I'm not going to church because again, I know how serious salvation is but I don't want no parts of that yet. I'm not ready to surrender and commit my life over to God like that. So, hey God, I respect you, but just wait on me. You know what I mean? Just just wait on me. I literally used to say that to God, y'all. I kid y'all not. I would say, hey God, I'm coming. Just wait on me. Like I would say that. And then I would go get drunk or then I would go, you know, sleep with a girl or or, or whatever. So um, that was John BC, man. Uh, a raging, lust-filled, alcoholic member of Phi Beta Sigma Fraternity Incorporated. John, that was so good. I, I mean, you shared a lot. There was so many, you know, just things and tidbits uh, on, on sharing all of that um, in your life before Christ. And uh, um, it, it was just so good for you to just talk about how all these things, even though we'll, we'll say that we're quote unquote Christians or that we're following the Lord, but we put all these things before him yeah. and we think we think idols have to be this statue or this golden mm. calf like in the old testament yeah. you know um and 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 it's so much more than that because oftentimes ourselves is the idol what we yes, want what we're pursuing what our desires and what we do is is we try to fit god in into our box instead yeah. Of us yeah. obeying him and doing what he says, um, you know, it's like you talked about something, and I heard I heard a young lady share this, and she she talked about how everybody has a sin line, that you know, like the sin line is okay. I'm okay going all the way, doing all these things until it reaches this point, but each person has identified what their quote unquote sin line is. Oh, I'm okay as long as I don't do this. But we forget it's what God says and not what, you know, what we think and what we want, well, what his word, what he has established. And it's it's really powerful that you share all that, you know, 
John about because I, I hope people are really listening about what it means when you know we're doing all these things and it's not honoring him and I think that's what you really shared there John like you know and before Christ that's that's the whole point before you 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 really surrendered that was awesome yeah, yeah for sure yeah that for was sure. definitely powerful India and just to add to that I thought it was interesting because even as he indulged it's like the world encourages you to to to, to do it first because you had not yet done it. And then when you've done it, it's like they continue to press on you because you haven't done enough. It was yeah. always higher levels to reach. So yeah, most definitely. It's insatiable. Yeah. That's right, Shahid. It's insatiable. Like sin is never fulfilled. That desire is never fulfilled. Never. Never. You always want more. Always want something else. Always seeking something else to fulfill that desire. Yep, that's good, Shahid. Yeah, sin is like, like once you get exposed to something and you fall into it, it's like that craving, that, that sin. It's like you want more because you think that's what fulfills you, you know. But yeah. truthfully, it don't fulfill you. Yeah, the way yeah. I say that, and man, John, in the world, I've realized that as you seek the world, I mean, you get fulfilled temporarily, but yeah. you have to go so far into the world to just get a temporary feeling but see it doesn't take but a little bit of god actually oh. in part of your life Come on man. Now. and you feeling <laughs> that fulfillment you know real. and it's that same high that you seek because as you like it's it's like a it's a because you'll never get to know him completely but yeah. the more you go into it doesn't require as much it doesn't take as much as the world he gives to you what you need so that is so powerful y'all yeah yeah and it's it's funny that y'all mentioned about how uh, india used the word insatiable right and how how sin is never satisfied um, I, I don't know if y'all watched the show The Office, but um, there, there's a, a guy on there. Uh, his name is Toby, and he's always getting picked on by the boss or whatever. And they had this like casino night or whatever, and and Toby beat his boss at this casino game. And they interviewing him afterwards. He's like, you know, it felt good to take money from Michael. He's like, I gotta chase that feeling. And that's exactly how it is with sin, right? Like that first feeling that we get from sin, we eventually end up chasing that over and over and over and over and over again. That first time you got high and it felt good, you're still trying to relive that particular uh, uh, time. That first time you got drunk, you're trying to relive that time. That first time you slept with somebody and had that orgasm, you're trying to, no matter how many times you have sex, like you're not gonna experience that one time again, but that's what you're chasing. And 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 like you said, Shahid, all we need is just a little bit of God. When we taste and see that the Lord is good and have just that little taste after we truly surrender to him, man, we realize, man, that nothing else, nothing else compares to that at all, man, at all, at all, at all. So, go ahead, go ahead, go ahead, go ahead, go ahead. Oh, I was gonna say too, and I know we gotta get to, you know, where you are now, is the other thing that you did excellent in sharing all the things of how sin always, you know, when I, when I talk about that insatiable desire, it always opens the door for something else. So like, for instance, yeah. you were, you know, you had these particular areas, you know, whether, you know, obviously having sex outside of marriage, pornography, doing all these kind of things. Then you head into the fraternity, which the fraternity opens up other kind of doors, right? So what? now we got we got manipulation, we got pride, we got more sexual sin, we got we got drunkenness, wow. we got referee, we got I mean, you know what I mean? Uh, we got violence. Hello, you know what I mean? We we have all sin these is a gateway drug. Yeah, and and all <laughs> these different doors that just get and and the devil just you know he just sent back laughing. 
happen because it's just like you open one door, here go another one. You open another door, here come another one. And you know, the Lord wants us to, like you said, taste and see that the Lord is good. He's just like, if you if you would just come to me and surrender, I will give you everything that you need. And not necessarily, we always want everything in this world. We gotta yeah. remember that our ultimate reward is to be with him in glory yeah, for eternity because this is only a blip on the radar. Oh man, listen. And I t- so I tell people this and then I'm gonna jump right into this next piece. You know, if we think that this earth is the best that we could ever get, man, we're fooling ourselves. What's crazy is if we think that this world is the worst that we can get, we fooling ourselves as well. Exactly, yeah. Man, listen, this earth is just a glimpse of it all. And that's how cold God is with his creation. He did, he he did just the well, let's be honest, we ruined it. You know what I'm saying? We ruined it. He he made it. He made it perfect. It wasn't no flaws in it when he when he when he made this world that he put us in, and it was just a glimpse of of, of heaven. And and I thank God that He continues to give us glimpses of heaven, um, and of who He is day by day, um, in this in this earth. Um, just looking at creation in and of itself, you know what I mean? When you look at mountains and when you when you really see large bodies of water, it's like, yo, God is God is real. And if if this looks like this, imagine how heaven is, right? But then you go to a third world country and you see how raggedy it is, or or just in your, your local hood where um where you can see the darkness on a location and you like, yo, if this is as this bad, I wonder how bad hell really is. And it's like, yo, I definitely to make sure I don't end up end up there. So I want to go back to how everybody touched on the um, inability for sin to satisfy us, because that's what led me to to salvation. Um, so this is literally my favorite part of my of my testimony, and it, it can kind of get long at times. So I'm gonna try to make it. I'm gonna try to shorten it. But I will tell y'all this: God is good. But what y'all don't know is a little message popped up on my screen, and Zoom said they removed my 40 minute time limit. So we got time, y'all. We got time tonight. Praise God. Uh, praise God. You know what I'm saying? Look, hey, yeah, praise listen, God. Listen, Yo, listen, about that. listen. Let's go. Listen, my God, love me, bro. My God, let's leave. Hey man. <laughs> Listen, we gonna get this testimony out, but so, so, so I'm gonna tell y'all. So I've I've joined Phi Beta Sigma. I'm the quote unquote man on campus. All these sorts of things that I'm unfulfilled. I'm unfulfilled. Um, I had a job right, and I was lazy, and I ended up getting fired from this job. Um, now because the job was at an apartment complex as like a maintenance guy or whatever, they hired me on, and as long as I did my job, they paid my rent. That's how it worked. So once I got fired, they act like they weren't the ones that fired me and was like, yeah, buddy, you need to go ahead and pay this rent. Like a week later, I'm like, yo, like, what do you mean? Like y'all were my quote unquote source of income. Like there's no way. So essentially I ended up moving out on my own. They said, I'll can evict you or you can leave on your own. That way, you know, we don't have to take you to court and all that kind of stuff. So I ended up leaving. And at this point I'm homeless. I'm sleeping on my homeboy's couch. And uh, one night, um, I kid, I, I remember the date and everything, December 20th, 2012. Okay. Now I'm not sure if y'all remember, and I, and I've mentioned this to people, again, I don't think I've ever mentioned it with you guys, um, in any conversation that we had, but, um, December 21st, 2012 was supposed to be like a day when the world was supposed to end, like according to like a Mayan calendar or something, something crazy like that. I don't know if y'all remember that, but that was like a whole thing. So it's December 20th, 2012. I'm at the crib and I'm doing my favorite thing to 
do ever, and that's be on Twitter. I'm on Twitter going in or whatever, and it's like 9, 9.30, something like that, and somebody throw out a, a, a tweet. Hey, yo, what we doing tonight? And, and then I respond, and I'm like, man, I don't know, but when you find out, let me know. Next thing, somebody else jump in, and, and we end up going to this place called Fry Street. So Fry Street, um, for, for Texas people, is, um, if you know about 6th Street in Austin, with all the bars and things like that, Fry Street was like our smaller version of that. So it's a lot of, of bars, like 12 bars or whatever. So we like, we're gonna go to Fry Street and we're gonna get on these 50 cent wells. Listen, the only thing I liked uh, more than alcohol was cheap alcohol or free alcohol, straight up. So I had a pocket full of quarters. I had just got fired. Listen, I'm gonna go, go drink away my woes or whatever, right? So me, my boy, uh, my boy Red at the time, and my boy Bredrick at the time, uh, we are sitting in this 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 bar called Sidebar, and I remember what we was drinking and everything. We each had a Patron shot, and I think we had like a, a like an Everclear punch or something like that. Um, and we sitting there, and we chopping it up. Now y'all y'all know just like I know, bars are not quiet places. Bars are very very loud places. Either you got music playing. You got people drunk and cussing. You got people dropping glass and breaking it. It's not a quiet place. So we sit here, we have this conversation and I'm looking at the date and I'm like, y'all, y'all know the world's supposed to end tomorrow. They're like, yeah, we heard something about that or whatever. I said, y'all, wouldn't it be crazy if the world really did end at midnight? Now, mind you, as I'm saying this to them, I'm remembering what I was taught in, in, in Sunday school and things like that growing up in church that no man knows the day nor the hour when the world went or when, when Christ will come back and things like that. So I'm saying this with a grain of salt or whatever, right? And I'm like, yo, wouldn't that be crazy if the world really ended? And um, I remember one of them, I can't remember exactly which one said this first, but one of them was like, yeah, I know exactly. Uh, that would be crazy, but I know where I'd go when I died. And I, and it's like, I go to heaven. And he took his Patron shot. Then the next dude was like, yeah, me too. I'd go to heaven if I die. So I'm straight. Check his shot. And I kid you not, I'm looking at them like, yo, they are bugging. Like, they really bugging. Like, they really think that they would go to heaven if they died tonight. Mind you, I know these, these gentlemen. This is not be, this wouldn't be judging them. We were all sinners and heathens living for the devil. Like, all like all of us. One of them was my fraternity brother. So, you know, I'm watching all the stuff that he do because we together doing foolishness all the time. So my response to them was, I know where I would go if I died, but I don't want to go there. And I, too, took my Patron shot because in the midst of this, I'm still trying to get drunk. You feel me? So so one of them looks at me. And he says, well, what do you mean? I said, well, I'm not saved. I never gave my life to Christ. So if I die right now, I go to I go to, to, to hell. I, I believe in God. I respect God. But um, I've never uh, uh, submitted and surrendered my life to him. So one of these dudes actually was um, working with me. We both got fired together at that job I was telling y'all about. And he was stressed out when he got fired. Um, he's, when his, he's like, when my dad found out, he's going to be upset. I don't know how I'm going to pay this rent, blah, blah, blah. And I remember in the midst of all that, telling this, this dude, hey, man, just trust God. Just trust God. Y'all, I'm not saved by any stretch of the imagination. But I remember telling him, trust God. So when we having this conversation in the bar or whatever, he says, bro, you got to be saved. Remember when you was telling me when we got fired, you were telling me to trust God? Bro, you got to be saved. And I was like... Bro, I was telling you that to, to encourage you. I was like, that I didn't, I, I didn't really believe that myself. Like, I, I mean, I just know that that's what we supposed to do when things get hard. We supposed to trust God. I have been taught that. Like, but I'm not saved. He's like, nah, bro, you saved, bro. Like, trust me, you saved. Y'all, I'm sitting there, like at this point, I'm like, okay, well, whatever. If that's what you think, but I knew the truth, y'all. I knew I wasn't saved, and I knew if I had died that night, I was gonna bust hell wide open, man. 
I, I had a I had a reserved seat in hell VIP. Like I knew it. Like that's that's where I was. And after that conversation was over, y'all. At the time, I did not know it was God. I just knew I just knew I heard a voice in the midst of all the noise in this bar. Ask me if you died tonight, where would you go? So I'm like, okay, I need another drink. So I go, I'm continuing to drink as the night goes on. As I'm as I'm drinking, getting drunk about the minute, I continue to hear this voice very clearly ask me over and over again, every like every hour or so, every 45 minutes or so. Like it's it's not like back to back, it's just like kind of spread out throughout the night. If you die tonight, where would you go? Fast forward to the end of the night, I'm at the house. I think I don't know how I got back home, but I'm back at the house, stumbling around my room trunk, and I hear this voice still die tonight where would you go I, mind you I've never I, I don't I don't respond to this voice at all I just keep hearing the question I wake up the next morning and the question is still in my in my head if I died right now where would I go normally the first thing I would do when I wake up in the morning would be hop on Twitter that's the first thing I do and I remember I had I had a laptop and I had this this Twitter app on my on my laptop and it was up and I and I sat in my at my desk about to get on on Twitter and I never sent out a tweet. I'm just sitting there and I start thinking. And I'm thinking and I'm thinking, I'm thinking, and I'm thinking about now at this point, I'm thinking about why I've never given my life to Christ. Now, prior to last night's situation at the bar, there were small things that were being done to where God was being put in my face. My fraternity at the time would do what they called the gospel extravaganza. And since I was known for hosting everything, well, duh, Sticks is going to host the gospel extravaganza too. So I'm in this church, not even saved, hosting this gospel event that my fraternity is putting on. Right. So God is putting me in a position to to see him again. Like I remember sitting at the gospel extravaganza and found this guy that I know was a Christian from the church. I was like, hey, bro, we supposed to be reading a, a scripture at the beginning of this program. You could give me a scripture, bro. And he and he gave me one or whatever. Right. So fast forward back to what I'm sitting in this chair and I'm thinking about why I haven't given my life to Christ. And the answer comes to me exactly why I had never given my life to Christ. I pick up the phone. I call my dad. Mind you, my dad's a pastor. Uh, so I call my dad. He answers the phone like immediately as if he was waiting on me to come to call him. And he like, hello. I was like, hey, dad, I just I, I'm sitting over and I'm thinking. And I was thinking about why I had never gave my life to Christ. And I realized why I never did it. He said, oh, yeah, what's the reason? I said, it's because of you. He said, what you mean? Uh, and he could tell that I wasn't trying to be disrespectful or anything like that. He was like, what do you, what do you mean by that? And what I meant by that, y'all, was my dad, like I mentioned to y'all, I saw, I remember when my dad got saved and I watched him walk out this salvation walk for the rest of my, my life, you know what I mean? And my dad, to me, was the perfect example of what a Christian was. And I felt like I couldn't do what he was doing. I didn't feel like I could be perfect like him. Now, mind you, I know he's not a perfect person because I know nobody's perfect. But I'm watching him really live for God for real, y'all. Like, I'm watching him step out on faith. I'm listening to him to him preach sermons. I watched him start this church and trust God with this church. I'm watching my dad do all of this, y'all. And for me, that was the standard of what a Christian was. So if I saw somebody out and they was claiming to be a Christian and they wasn't rocking like my pops was, nah, you can't be real. You can't be a real Christian. He was the standard for me, y'all. So as a man, I, I figured, I was like, man, I can't be, I can't be, I said, dad, I can't be saved like you. I can't be perfect like you. And this is what my dad told me, y'all. 
He said, check this out. He said, man, God don't want you to be like me. He don't want you to be like T.D. Jakes, Joel Osteen, any other preacher or any other Christian, right? He was throwing names at me that I knew or whatever, right? He said, he don't want you to be like any of them. He said, God wants you to be the best Christian that you can be. He said, he wants two things from you. He wants you to be genuine, give your life to him for real, and he wants you to be faithful, follow him and serve him every day. I'm like, yo, that's, that's heavy. Okay, that's kind of a burden lifted. So then I was like, well, well, dad, you know, man, I, I love my alcohol and, and, and I'm doing all this and I'm doing all that. I was like, dad, I can't go to God like this. I got to clean myself up first. I got to get right before I come to God. And I kid y'all not, his response to me was, well, you know better than that. Like, if you could do it yourself, you could do it yourself. You wouldn't need Jesus. And I'm sitting there in my head like, duh, like, what am I, what am I thinking about? Right? So like, he's he's shutting down every lie the enemy is trying to get me to use to not surrender my life to christ right pops just with love bow 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 shooting down every lie right so now i'm on the phone quiet and he was like okay so now that you know this son now that you know that 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 you don't have to get yourself together first and you know that you don't have to be like me what's stopping you now and then like a flash, I'm thinking, right, about how temporary pleasures weren't doing it for me anymore. You know what I mean? Like the alcohol wasn't doing it for me no more. Like it wasn't going to do it for me anymore. The, the sleeping around wasn't going to do it. The fleeting popularity that I had wasn't going to do it for me anymore. Temporary things, I was tired of it. And when he said, what's stopping you now? Like, I remember I couldn't even like say it loudly. But I said, I said, nothing. He said, okay. He said, so do you want to give your life to Christ right now? Just as quiet as I said nothing because like I'm, it's like I'm under the pressure of God, right? Like, and I'm, and I'm humbled at this point. Cause it's like, yo, like, like God, like you don't, you don't want me to be like my dad. Like you don't want me to be quote unquote perfect. Like in my mind, I, like you don't want me to be what I think what I like I think you want me to be you just want me to be for real and and serve you for real and let you handle the rest yo that's that's beautiful like for me that was beautiful and I said when he asked me he's like do you want to give your life to Christ now I said yes and he prayed the prayer of salvation with me right outside on my homeboys on my homeboys porch I gave my life to Christ December 21st 2012 I want to say it was around 1 p.m I think I had on like some some black windbreaker sweatpants and I had this like spot this red spider-man hoodie like that I remember it y'all I remember going in the house afterwards right sitting on the couch my homeboy whose house I was whose couch I was sleeping on he comes in like maybe 10 minutes later and he's like hey what's up John I was like what's up bro hey I just got saved he's like oh that's what's up and kept walking to his room like I never I never I never forget it I remember there was one guy that I knew his name was WC Gary um I remember um after I went in the house after my, my boy Danny had went to his room after he was like yo that's what's up I I, I sent him a, a message on Twitter I was like hey bro I just got saved and he like called me like he called me like immediately like hey bro where are you at like I'm finna come find you he was on his way to like Dallas or something this man stopped his car, turned it around just to come pray with me and talk to me after I got saved. W.C. Garrett, i never forget it. He said, bro, I was on my way somewhere. And he said, what you don't know is, bro, I had your name on a list in my room, bro, on my wall of people I had been praying for to get saved. Bro, that jacked me up, that man. Was... 
jacked oh. me up. He said, bro, he said, I looked at the influence you had when you would move crowds and stuff when you would host events. He said, man, if that brother right there gets saved, all of you and T could get saved. That's what he, that's what, that was his mindset on who I was. And, and, and to know that somebody that I, I would see in passing, like that me and him was cool or whatever, right? Um, to know that somebody had been praying for me, bro, like jacked me up. And I was like, yeah, bro, like I'm, I'm on this team now, bro. Like all the other stuff, I'm off that. Like I'm on, I'm on team Jesus. So that was, that was salvation for me, y'all. And it's been, it's been butter ever, ever since. I'm talking about butter ever since, man. God is, God is fantastic. God is fantastic. So, so there's, so there's that piece. That's, there's that piece. That's awesome. Thank you for sharing that, John. That's, that's awesome. And I, I love how you touched on this, this, on really kind of speaking to this concept of, you know, people think like you have to come to the Lord in this certain manner, in this certain way. This is why we need Jesus, right? That's why mm-hmm. the Lord sent him to reconcile us back to God, back to Yahweh, back to Elohim. Um, because we need his power. We need it because, because that's the problem with us, right? We're, we're trying to be little gods, quote unquote, yeah. instead of surrendering to the true, the one true and living God. And yeah. we, we need him. We need his Holy Spirit. We need his conviction. We need his correction. That's yeah. why the Bible says he chastens those whom he loves. Talk about yeah, it, sis. So we got to love the correction of God because I, I know I'm thankful for the correction of God. I don't, I don't want to be in a place where I can't, I can no longer hear the Lord correcting me and telling me that I'm wrong or yeah. I'm not living up to his word and his standards. And it's just beautiful that you talked about that because so many people are, for lack of a better term, like out here, like striving in their own strength. And you really yeah. need the Lord, you need to surrender so that he can I think about the scripture in Ezekiel 36, 26, when he says, I will give you a new heart and a oh. new spirit. Hey, and you rapping, sis. Remove the heart of stone and give yeah. you a heart of flesh. We need a new heart and a new spirit. And that's, yeah. we, we get that through Christ. And that's just, I'm glad that you touched on that about we need the Lord. Like we, yeah. we, we can't we can't do this without him. We we can't. We 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 can't change. We we can't we can't be new creations in him without him. Right. And we need him every step of the way. Like every, it's not like yeah. we get saved and yeah. then now the all the work is on us. I mean yeah it is like we got decisions to make and things like that but you gotta be obedient now but you gotta be right. obedient yeah, yeah. yeah. obedience yeah. is better than sacrifice yeah, yeah. It's just the obedience man we just gotta go and be obedient after that you know what I mean and and he handles the rest and that's the thing I learned like even after I got saved because you know I guess we can kind of segue into that what was life like after salvation um I learned that as I spent time in the word, as I truly did what Matthew 6, 33 says, seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be added unto you. Yeah. As I sought God, as I desired to be in his house and in his word and things like that, he was just trimming stuff off me, trimming stuff off me, trimming stuff off me, trimming stuff off me, one by one. Yeah, the sanctification, bit by bit, the more that I sought his word and looked in his word and I measured myself up, 
to his standard, it's like, okay, so this is what you feel about this. Okay, yeah, there's other stuff. It, I don't desire that no more. Um, and I think about how, like, he slowly, like, pulled me away from, like, secular music, right? Like, when I first got saved, I was still listening to whatever I wanted to listen to. And then I was like, you know what? Maybe I shouldn't. I shouldn't do that. Like, maybe I should, like, maybe I should just listen to, like, the edited versions of Big Sean's I Don't F With You. Like, let's listen to the edited version instead, right? Like, I won't listen to the cuss words. I'll still listen to the song, but I won't listen to the cuss words. And then afterwards, it was like, okay, well, I'll just go. I won't listen to it at all anymore. I'll just go listen to Lecrae instead or whatever, right? So, like, I, like even with that, like, God was showing me, as, as he showed me myself and showed me who he was, I slowly even like transitioned in the music that I was listening to and things like that. And for those of you that are listening, that's not me talking about what music you listen to. You go, you and you, you and God go deal with your music choice. I'm just talking about my sanctification process, right? But um, but after that, man, again, I had a hunger and a zeal for God. And and one thing God blessed me with early in my walk was He blessed me with the with, with a gift of wisdom. And I and I thanked Him for that because there were things that I was getting within like six months of being saved that y'all's people that's been saved 20 years that they still don't understand and things like that and i joined a church um and and you know scripture talks about in psalms 20 not 27 psalm 37 4 um delight yourself in the lord and he will give you new uh give you the desires of your heart right yeah yeah so so god started giving me new desires y'all i ain't never sung a day in my life at this point right but, but God had dropped it on me to go and join the choir. So I joined the choir, right? Now, fast forward, right? Uh, I'm the minister of music at my church. Um, I've been writing gospel songs since 2013 up until present. Um, I'm a licensed minister of the gospel, praise be and glory all be to, to, to the heavenly father for that. I don't say that to brag or boast, but I'm telling y'all what life looks like now that I'm saved. Um, I didn't have to work for a relationship. I got a wife now. She's beautiful. I love her. Um, she's very, very light skinned and she acts light skinned. And she's been <laughs> Hey, this is that trouble he talking about, y'all. Like, what does light skin mean? Like, really, dude? Hey, listen. <laughs> hey, 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 India, when you get a chance, message Atala and ask her what acting light skin means. And listen, because now, guess what? God has even given her the revelation of what acting light skin means. Because oh, she'll, okay. she'll be like, oh, man, I'm acting light skin right now. <laughs> Listen, and for those of you that that's going to come for me uh, uh, watching this episode, no, I'm not all about the colorism. I'm just joking. I'm just joking. It's I'm just joking. Um, but it's I have a, I have a beautiful wife, y'all, who loves me, who, who prays for me, um, who should have left me many times, but is still here rocking with your boy. I got three beautiful kids and I give God the glory for all of this, because let me tell y'all what I believe God showed me. Had I not given my life to him, I'd be a baby daddy. I'd be a baby daddy. That's that's good. That's keeping me alive. Yeah, I'd be a baby daddy somewhere because I was going to continue to have sex outside of marriage, and and I can't continue to stay outside of God's will and expect Him to protect me. Right? There's there's a possibility that I could have ended up with something that I couldn't get rid of. Right? I could have ended up dead. I know for sure He showed me that I'd be a baby daddy though. Like I'd be in a, I'd be co-parenting. Uh, and, and things like that and, and I would just be outside of his will and I would be struggling 
I would be struggling because I would have been doing it without his help. Um, and that's not to bash anybody that that you know co-parents or anything like that because God operates how he how he operates. But I'm just telling you what he showed me about myself and the struggles and the hardships that I would have had to went through had I not got saved and I had I not wanted to do things his way. Um, uh, just just all the things that he's 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 done he's done for me man um i would have never found a career had it not been for god man um i, I never thought i would have been a teacher y'all i never in a million years would have thought that i'd be teaching people's kids i kid you not that brother after church one day i got fired from working at apple because i had missed a couple of too many days or whatever because i ended up going to y'all okay would y'all believe if i told y'all that i went to jail twice after i got saved <laughs> bro, listen, never yeah. went to jail once before I got saved. Went to jail twice after I got saved. Now, let me let y'all know, I wasn't out here Jesus thugging, you know what I'm saying? You know, claiming to be saved and, and you know, doing wild stuff. I had some I had some unpaid parking tickets and there was some warrants out for my arrest and they caught and they caught me slipping, man. I ended up having to go to jail. So they ended up ended up losing my job, right? And his brother uh, was at the church that I was going to. He's like, hey man, you just lost your job, man. You should look into teaching. Like you have the perfect personality for it. My first mindset was like, nah, man, I ain't dealing with nobody else's kids. And just as clear as I heard God's voice in that bar, I heard him again say, why not? And ever since then, and I had been pursuing teaching and now I'm teaching right now full time um, out here in these, in these quote unquote COVID streets. Um, in these classrooms with the, with the kids, and uh, and and I'm and I'm teaching, man, and I'm doing my best to be the the best example of a as a as a black man, as a godly man, as a man. Period for them, um, as far as their understanding can can understand. If, if y'all feel me, um, you know what I mean. So um, I just thank God for that. I, I don't think I would have ever had a real career had I not given my life over to Christ, man. And He's just been so 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 good to me y'all so so good to me so now being that we are at the 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 end i know y'all remember the last question i, I asked y'all so now i'm gonna ask the question to myself and then and then answer it why why jesus right why jesus like why did i choose jesus and why should somebody else choose jesus and i'll just yeah. kind of repeat what i what i said before um temporary this world only offers us temporary man when you lay down with that young lady young man and you lay with her and you get yours off and i and i try to say that as clean as i possibly can it's over like that moment is over that feeling is done temporary now you're going to pursue that that feeling again when you pour up that 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 bottle or whatever and you get drunk and you get your you get your numb feeling your relaxed feeling eventually you gotta sober up and then you're gonna chase that feeling again when you get high you're gonna you're gonna get high and then you gotta come down and you're gonna chase that feeling again when you set a career goal or, or you want to open a business or whatever you're gonna be successful at that but then you're just gonna create another goal that's because you're not satisfied now you're gonna continue to pursue thing after thing after thing because you're never going to be satisfied that place and that thing called satisfaction that you're looking for in life only god can feel that only the lord jesus christ can feel that literally you were created with that in you for him to fill that space we were created to worship god that's literally what we were created for we were created Amen. to worship god and because we were created with worship in us, if we don't choose to worship God, we're going to worship something else. 
it's right. it's it's gonna happen because we are we are creatures of worship. That's why celebrities are a thing. Like that's why they're a thing because we need something to worship and we create something mm, to worship just like they create that you talking. Hey, listen, I'm gonna I'm let real. the Holy Spirit do it. I'm gonna let the Holy Spirit do it, y'all. You know I'm gonna do it. So for those that are listening, all these other gods and idols, I praise God. I, I got to preach a sermon today about about idols and about God wanting us to turn from, from idols um, and, and things like that. All these other idols that we create for ourselves, whether we're our own idol, whether it are, it's our job, our family. Listen, it could be our mothers and our fathers, y'all. Like Whatever our idols are, mm-hmm. they cannot do for us what God can do for what Jesus Christ can do for us. None of them can pay the price for our sin. None of them have paid the price for our sin. None of them can get us to heaven. None of them can keep us out of hell. None of these things, these things that we are looking for to temporarily satisfy us, they, they just they just won't do it. So that's why I chose Jesus because I was tired of temporary. I was tired of temporary and God showed me his love and I had to respond to it. I had no other reason not to. When my dad asked me them two questions, I could not, I couldn't say no at that point because I had no excuse. I had no more excuses. And the lies that the devil tried to feed me, they were shot back to hell where they came from. They were, they were shot down. So for those of y'all that are listening, if you're tired of temporary, if you're tired of serving idols that have not been benefiting you, try Jesus. That's why. That's why I chose Jesus, and that's why you should choose Jesus. Amen. Amen. And John, go ahead. Go ahead, Dwayne. Amen. Oh, no. No, you got it. You got it. I got you, man. John, I wanted to touch on something on that just to share with everybody, too, because go in, you bro. mentioned, John, earlier how, you know, you had got something from Yahweh within six months of time that you'd seen other people not experience within 20 years. And yeah. going and even adding what Sister India said about obedience being better than sacrifice, because yeah. that is the scriptures. I got revelation that, see, whenever you, when you sin, see, if you be obedient, you won't have anything to sacrifice. You know, mm. because when you sin, you have to take your sacrifice yeah. ultimately to the altar. Yeah. And so that's why yeah. obedience is so much better. And I've realized this too. See, that sanctification, Man, that satisfaction, that temporary stuff that you get from the world is crazy because see, when you sin, you get that temporary pleasure. But then once it's all over, and I mean, once it's over, that moment is all you got. Then you are back feeling empty. No void, yeah. feeling, you know, filled ultimately and because you are walking in the darkness you cannot see that that you are actually empty or hurting on the inside which is why when people when the light shines on you you reject it most oftentimes because it's foreign to you because yeah. it's not comfortable to change yeah. however however see when, when when Yahweh blesses you and you get a taste of him because you mentioned that too and that's also in the word praise Yah that even in the midst of conversations you guys are preaching the word of God okay <laughs> but man I just wanted to share like man God he literally blesses you and he and any empty areas of your life he leaves you with peace joy happiness this kindness this patience everything else and i just think that man like it's just a beautiful thing to get him because he is literally faithful to every word he says he is not man that he should lie and i just want to encourage you guys that 
that's why it is important to choose him because he says in the word do not grow weary in doing good but see I praise Yahweh to this day that he allowed us to grow weary in doing bad but he still graced us and showed mercy and gave us good amen 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 Amen. Hey, Dwayne, you got something? You got something to chime in? Huh? You got something to chime in, Dwayne? Oh, uh, now what I was thinking about when he say, uh, God has blessing them with wisdom, it made me think of Paul. Yeah. You know, like, Paul had labor much more than the apostles, like, the ones that was really, like, close to Jesus. Yeah. And, uh, it was, and, uh, you know, Paul, like, I was just thinking about Paul's life, like, how before he converted, like he was, he was already devoted. Like yeah. he was full of knowledge, devoted, like following the law. Like he, he pretty much kept it. And uh, when he converted, it's like that same desire was still within him. Yeah, uh, you know. And I just thought that was just amazing, like how, like how God can like can use a baby and yet they'll labor much more than somebody that's been. Uh, walking with God for like 10 years or give that person that revelation, you know? So it's like, it's just amazing like how like just God just bless you with that. And, and you know what, Dwayne, I want to just touch on something that you literally just said just now about how that that fire was still in him. And, and I know y'all have probably seen this with some Christians that y'all know, or maybe even like yourselves, right? How like when we was in the world, man, some of us went hard in the world. I'm talking about went hard. Like y'all, like I went hard for Phi Beta Sigma. Like I went hard for, for the Blue Five, bro. Like I did. And it's like when I got saved, I couldn't help but go as hard for God. You know what I mean? And that, and that's what I was hearing when you were talking about like Paul. Like Paul was, 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 was zealous out there getting it. And then when he got converted over to Christ, he was just as on fire to the point where he pulled up on Peter and checked him for, yeah. acting, for acting ugly with them, with them, with them believers. You know what I mean? So, um, yeah, man. And, and that's and, and and you know, I just I just pray and ask God all the time, man, um, to just keep that to help me keep that that fire and that zeal burning with inside of me, man, because. Um, I genuinely want other people to get saved, man. I genuinely, genuinely want want to do that, and I thank God for 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 helping me create this platform, the Why Jesus Godcast, because I do believe that Dwayne's testimony, India's testimony, Shahid's testimony, Margaret's testimony, testimony, Xavier's testimony, Atala's testimony, everybody who Brother P's testimony, all the people that I've that I've had on this show thus far, I believe y'all's testimonies are going to touch somebody. Even if it only touches one person, I'm man. fine with that. I'm fine hey, with that. I'm, so fine. No. I'm, I'm okay with that, man, as long as it touches somebody. And listen, and this one listening. too. Yeah, bro. And this one too, man. People are listening to the Godcast, man. And and I, I'm grateful that the, when I went into it, I wasn't going into it looking for, you know, a thousand views on the first episode in the first day or or looking at numbers like that. I just said, God, you know, even if people don't listen to this until maybe 10 years from now and it just and it move and touch people. I don't care. God, glorify yourself, because if nothing else, I'm going to tell you all the honest to God truth. And I say this because I thank God for each one of y'all. Y'all is on and everybody that I've interviewed. If it's done nothing else, it has encouraged me and blessed me being able to talk to y'all about y'all testimony and hear about how good God has been 
in y'all's lives. So again, thank y'all for even coming on this one with me and hearing my hearing my testimony. Um, hey man, if y'all have anything else to say, man, I leave the floor open to y'all before we before we close out, man. Because again, I appreciate y'all, and I and I want the people to hear from y'all if y'all have something else to say. Well, for sure. You made a mistake in the world. We gotta yeah. make you a mistake for God. Now. <laughs> <laughs> I know. I know. Uh, I'm gonna be waiting on that. <laughs> hey, and John, I know my light skin sister on the, on the call got something to end off on too. Go ahead, light skin sister. <laughs> I just, I just want to say. Well, first off, I praise the Lord to be on here with three men of God. Okay, because we, we got to get real about men stepping up especially in these last days and leading and taking their position on what on how god has called men so thank you john for doing the broadcast or the, the godcast and definitely for Dwayne and shaheed being on here i'm thankful to be on here with three men because people need to hear from they always hear from us ladies right but yeah, yeah. hear from men more um especially about living right as unto the lord and that's what i'm blessed for sure to hear tonight about just our desires and our, our hearts changing towards God and turning away um, from the world. And I, th- I think about uh, Acts 26, 18, to open their eyes in order to turn them from darkness to light and yeah. from the power of Satan to God, that they may receive forgiveness of sins yeah. and, in- and an inheritance among those who are sanctified by faith in me and that's that sums up this guy cast because that's all of our testimonies we've turned from darkness to the true light not the false light of the enemy but the true light of jesus christ of yeshua power of satan the kingdom of darkness to the kingdom of the true light that we have received forgiveness and an inheritance and that's what we want. We want we, we want to be with all our brothers and sisters in the Lord on the day that, you know, the Lord comes and gets his bride and, and yeah. to be with the Lord in heaven. And I know, like you said, John, we want we want people to, to come to the Lord and give their lives to Jesus fully so that we can all hear well done, that good and faithful service. So thank you for having, I know me for being here, John. Thank you for giving me an opportunity to share my testimony. And I'm glad and so blessed to hear your testimony this evening. Hey, man, my sister, I appreciate you. I appreciate you. Appreciate you. Hey, man, listen, again, again, I know I've said it a few times, but I do got to say it one more time before we get off you. Thank you, my brother, Dwayne. Thank you, my brother, Shahid. And last but definitely not least, thank you to my sister, India, for coming on the Why Jesus Godcast. That's right, baby. I didn't say podcast because y'all know what this is about. It's about the truth and living God, y'all. Thank y'all for coming on again. Thank you for everybody that's tuned in. Thank you for everybody that has checked us out all season. Thank you for your support, your love, for your prayers. I appreciate all of it. This has been a blessing. And this is the end of season one. Season two is going to come. When is it going to come? Don't know. Let the Holy Spirit be in charge of that. But season two will be will be coming. Um, I praise God for every listener. Um, and I praise God for everybody that has shared this. And again, that has tapped in and all those good things. So check this out. Wherever you are, have a good morning. Have a good evening. Have a good night. But no matter what you do, never forget that God is good. Peace.
God has been good to me, man. He's been real, real good to me. Like I say, back in December of, uh, what was that, 2012? And we're in 2021. I'm coming up on nine years of salvation. I mean, y'all, this has been the best nine years of my life, man. I cannot, I cannot lie to you. Um, to be walking with the Lord. When I look back on my my previous life, you know, a lot of times people say things like, you know, the good old days, or oh, that was the good old days. And man, respectfully, I met some awesome people. I did some really, really cool things, but there was nothing good about those old days before Jesus Christ. Think of it this way. What's good about a day in which you know that you could have died and spent eternity in hell if you died on that day? Like, think about a day where you have all the fun in the world, or you can, you, you're about to plan out all the fun in the world, but you knew that at the end of the day, you would die and then spend eternity in hell. Would all the fun that happened in that day be worth it, knowing what the end result would be? That's why I don't say things like the good old days anymore. Because I know that prior to December 21st, 2012, no matter how much fun I had, no matter what awesome things I did, if I had died before that day, I would have been eternally separated from the Father and from my Creator and from now my Lord and Savior. Ladies and gentlemen, it has been a pleasure to do this podcast, but y'all know what time it is, man. This is where we jump into that word and we break it down. Uh, my testimony is definitely special to me. It's about the day my life changed forever. The course of my life, the trajectory of my life changed forever. And if you notice, there was something I said in my in my testimony. And I talked about how I was tired of temporary, temporary things. And there may be somebody out there listening right now who is also tired of, of temporary things. Let's look at the scriptures for just a moment. Matthew chapter 5, verse number 6. That's where I want to start at. And this is what the scripture says. This is in the passage of the Sermon on the Mount. And it's towards the beginning where Jesus does what we like to call the Beatitudes or the uh, Beatitudes and things like that. But this is what Matthew chapter 5, verse number 6 says. And I'm reading from the King James Version. It says, Blessed are they which do hunger and thirst after righteousness, for they shall be filled. When you do a word study on that word filled, that word filled just means to be satisfied. And when you dig a little bit deeper, this word filled is used in reference to uh, 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 farming. Uh, when Jesus spoke back in, in, in the time that he was speaking, he's speaking to the, the Hebrew people and, and the children of Israel. And Jesus was very strategic on how he spoke and the way he used his words because he knew that there was a certain lifestyle they were living and many of them were into agriculture and farming and things like that. So a lot of terms are used in those references. And when you look at that word field, it talks about foddering or feeding the domestic animals that these farmers would have, such as cows, horses, and sheep, right? And it talked about providing them with food in abundance, ladies and gentlemen. So when you look at that scripture and you think about it in that way, it says, blessed are they which hunger and thirst after righteousness for they shall be fed to abundance and satisfied 
that word righteousness god showed me man i was able to i was i was blessed to preach a sermon about this that word righteousness refers to god's will and that word hunger means to yearn after something to yearn greatly after something to yearn greatly after something as someone who is poor and must do exhausting physical labor in order to get the thing that they are lacking and craving this is what this verse means and this is talking about how jesus or seeking after god's will and god's will is for us all to be saved when we seek after that, we will be satisfied. See, we're trying to satisfy ourselves with so many different things. Chasing money, chasing fame, chasing careers, chasing women and men, chasing everything. Filling our, trying to fill that satisfaction void with, with all the things I just mentioned and, and sex and, and, and drugs and alcohol and all these sorts of things. Trying to satisfy ourselves. But scripture tells us that the only way we will be satisfied those that will be satisfied will be those that hunger and thirst after righteousness and thirst after God's will. See, I was tired of temporary. See, I was up there thirsting and hungering after my own will, after things that I desire. Mind you, I didn't create me, so I don't know what I need. I don't even really necessarily know what I want. I just know what the world and society around me showed me. I know what my eyes would see when I looked at TV and when I looked around me. And the enemy would see my eyes light up when I would see certain things. And he would say things like, yeah, you want that? Go for it. You see Kanye West. You see Jay-Z. You see all these rappers on TV. And they got the women. They got the money. They got the cars. You want that? Hey, you can have it. Go for it. You see Allen Iverson. You see LeBron James. You see Kobe Bryant. You see how people love them. You see them playing a sport for all their life. You want that? Go for it. You can have it. But see, that's not what God's will for my life was. But see, God's will for my life was to come and serve him and worship him. And honestly, ladies and gentlemen, that's God's will for everyone's life. To come to the knowledge of him through his son, Jesus Christ. Let's just let's run over to John chapter 6 for just a moment. Because we talk about needing to be satisfied and not chasing, not chasing after temporary things. That's what I was tired of. I was tired of chasing after temporary things that were not satisfying me. But look at what Jesus says here in John chapter 6 about who he is and what happens when we when we seek after, after him. Let me make sure I can find the verse. Here it is. John chapter 6 verse number 35. And Jesus said unto them, I am the bread of of life and he that comes to me shall never hunger if i never hungry that means i'm satisfied if we come to jesus who is god's will we will never hunger we will be satisfied and he that believeth on me shall never thirst and later on in that passage jesus continues to talk about how even he came to give us eternal life see the moment i found jesus christ the moment i surrendered my life over to him ladies and gentlemen he filled that void called satisfaction that void that was created for him when god created us and molded us with his hand he created a place inside of us for him and him alone where he would dwell and be with us forever and ever and ever somebody's out there listening right now mm. you're trying to fill your void with everything you're depressed so to try to avoid that depression you're drinking your your depression away to mask it you're smoking that depression away you're popping pills you're sleeping around 
you're doing all these things but God says hey listen I love you so much that I sent my son Jesus Christ and he is the bread of life he will satisfy you if you just accept him see you're a sinner without Christ we are sinners in need of a savior and our sin is what leads us to these places of depression and it's our sin that leads to this place of chasing things and idolizing after things that are not God But God said, I sent my son, Jesus Christ, to be the bread of life, to satisfy you and to pay the price for your sins to where you could become uh, you can come back into a right relationship with me. This is what God did for you because he loved you. John 3, 16, for God so loved the world. That's that includes you and you and you. And yes, even you, beloved. He so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever shall believe in him. Whosoever shall believe in him, whosoever shall believe in him shall not perish but have everlasting life. Jesus said that I came that they might have life and have it more abundantly. That's what he says in John chapter 10, verse number 10. And the beginning of that verse says that the thief comes to but steal and kill and destroy. Who is the thief? The thief is the devil. See, the devil tries to give us things. That he's only going to snatch back. And when he snatches it back, he's taking something of yours with it as well. He'll give you money, but he'll snatch it back and take your joy with it. He'll give you fame, but he'll snatch it back and he'll take your peace with it. But Jesus Christ said that he is the prince of peace and he leaves his peace with us when he comes. And then the Bible talks about us having a joy unspeakable when we associate ourselves with the true and living God. So there's somebody out there right now that is tired of temporary, just like I was tired of temporary. That bottle ain't doing it for you. That weed ain't doing it for you. He or she ain't doing it for you. This career that you're chasing after, it ain't doing it for you. That money ain't doing it for you. That fame ain't doing it for you. That popularity ain't doing it for you. Nothing that you have tried and tried and tried and tried and tried. None of it is doing anything for you. Try Jesus. Why Jesus? Because he can satisfy you. He said so in his word and he cannot lie. So if you want to accept Jesus as your personal Lord and Savior today, if you want to try Jesus today because you're tired of temporary, hey, it's very simple. Confess your sins. Repent of your sins. And accept Christ into your life. Romans chapter 10, verse 9 and 10. I'm going to go to it really quick. It says to us that if thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus Christ, confess him with your mouth. You got to open up your mouth and shalt believe in thine heart, in your heart, not your mind, in your heart, that God hath raised him from the dead. Thou shalt be saved. Why? Because with the, with the heart, man believeth unto righteousness. They believe unto God's will in their heart and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. The Bible says in Romans 10, verse number 13, for whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. So let's call upon the name of the Lord right now. If you want to accept uh, accept Christ, hey, just repeat after me. Pray this along with me from a sincere heart and you will be saved. The work will begin immediately. It's not something you got to wait on. It will happen immediately. Repeat after me, Heavenly Father, 
I am a sinner and I need a savior. I repent of my sins. I turn from the idolatry of my life and I turn back to you, the one who first loved me. Feel my satisfaction, Lord God. Fill me with your Holy Spirit and teach me how to obey you and how to walk uprightly before you. And I will follow you for the rest of my life. In Jesus' name, I pray. Insert a round of applause right now for those that accepted Christ as their Lord and Savior just now. Yeah, I don't see you. I don't even hear you. But I hear the angels in heaven rejoicing because the scripture says that when one sinner repents, the angels in heaven are filled with joy. God bless you, beloved. Hey, if you just accept your, uh, if you just gave your life to Christ and you accepted Christ as your personal Lord and Savior, hey, go tell somebody. Let somebody know that you did that. Find you a church home. Find you a church that you can go to where they will teach the Bible and they can help groom you as a babe in Christ and teach you how to walk out this thing called the Christian walk. Find you a Bible and make sure you start reading it. And most importantly, pray. Talk to your Heavenly Father. You now have access to Him because Scripture tells us in John 9, 31 that we know that God doesn't hear sinners, but those that are worshipers of Him, those He hears. And then Scripture also tells us in the Psalms, I can't remember the exact Scripture, but it talks about how God only hears the righteous. And Romans 10, 9 and 10 just spoke about how you are now become righteous when you accept Christ and confess Him with your mouth. God bless you. I love you. Hey, thank y'all for checking out the Why Jesus Godcast. That's right, baby. I didn't say podcast because this is a Godcast. It's all about the truth and living God. This has been a phenomenal season. I will see y'all in season two, wherever you are. Have a good morning. Have a good afternoon. Have a good evening. Have a good night. No matter what you do, though, don't forget that God is good. He is faithful. That's the that's a wrap for the Why Jesus Godcast season one. Shalom. Peace.